<laughs> we'll see you in court. <laughs> Thank you. Have a nice day. Oh, hi, Mark. It's delicious. <laughs> oh, my God. Hello and welcome to episode six of the Big Fat Cult movie podcast. My name is Chris Mayo, I'm your host, I'm a comedian, a writer, an actor, and a lover of weird and wonderful films. Each episode, with the help of a special guest, we pick apart a different cult film, looking at a number of different topics. Those topics are sex and nudity, gore and violence, WTF moments, writing, acting, and special effects. We also talk about our favourite scenes, our favourite characters, give recommendations for other cult films, and at the end of every episode, me and my guest set each other a five-question quiz based on the film that we have just seen. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome, I hope you enjoy it, and if you're a returning listener, thank you very much for coming back. Do please give a nice review and rating on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Spotify and SoundCloud. If you'd like to get in touch to give your thoughts on the podcast, the films that we've covered, or if you have any suggestions for future films or guests, you can tweet us at BigFatCult. I'm at Chris underscore Mayo, and details of where you can find out more about my guest will be in the description below. Just a couple of quick things to mention before we start this episode. As always, we will be going into the film in quite a lot of detail, which means there will be spoilers ahead. So if you haven't seen the film and don't want it to be spoiled, then pause now, go and watch it, and then come back to hear us discuss it on the podcast. Also, in the quiz at the end of the episode, I have beeped out a word. The word is a direct quote from the film and features in the answer to one of my guest's questions, but it contains language that I think some people listening to the podcast would find particularly offensive, so I have decided to beep it out. Right, that's enough waffle. Let's get on with the show. I am very excited this episode to be joined by Angus Dunnikin. Angus is a writer, an actor, and a comedian. And from the list of films that I sent him, he has picked this episode's film. It's an absolute corker of cult cinema. It is Troma's zombie chicken horror musical comedy, Poultrygeist, Night of the Chicken Dead. You're sitting at home and your stomach is bubbling. No food in the fridge and your hunger is growing. You hop in your car and head straight to get drive through. Murder with fries described as fast food. Hey man, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for thanks for joining me to talk about uh, this incredible. <laughs> it's quite something. Film. It really is quite something. <laughs> I, I it's been a while. It's been so long since I actually uh, deliberately watched something. Well, really, sort of, you know, did, did the did the slog. <laughs> This this really hammered home to me something about because I love bad movies. I love bad movies. Yeah. I love enduring. But I love the endurance test of bad movies. I enjoy yeah. them. But like it really hammered home to me, like sort of how much of a how much of a, a desolate enterprise that is when you're on your own. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, try it's watching quite... <laughs> uh, try watching 156 in three months, and then that's yeah. that's where I'm at now. That's and, where you're at. Um, yeah. Well, you know, I had to make a podcast to stop myself going yeah. insane. No, 
I see that. I see that. Yeah, yeah. You've sort of clockwork oranged yourself at this yeah. stage. You've just sort of yeah. opened. <laughs> Every now and then, I watch a good film, like a genuinely good, like you know, classic good film, and right. uh, it's yeah, it's very strange. It's a very strange experience having watched everything else on the list. But thank you so much for coming on to talk about the film. Are you a big film fan in general? I mean, I'd like to say that I am. I mean, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, you say, oh, yeah, I'm a massive film buff. And then somebody sort of takes you to task and tells you about a Russian film that's all done in one take and you haven't seen it and you feel like a <laughs> schmuck. <laughs> but yeah, I'd like to think that I am. I'd like to think that I like, uh, I like, I, you know, and, and I have a particular soft spot for genre movies and mm-hmm. low budget nonsense and, and all the rest. I, I, you know, because I, I like the kind of the, uh, the DIY aspect of a lot of genre filmmaking. Yes. And and the kind of like I'm pretty sure I can have a go at doing that kind of attitude <laughs> yeah. that pervades a lot of that stuff. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I like Doctor Who so much, released classic Doctor Who, because there's there are there are times when you, as a sort of five year old, you look around, and you think I'm pretty sure I can cobble together that set. It's not too hard. <laughs> so I think that's the achievability is quite key. I think to a lot of the films that I enjoy. And what's <laughs> your what's your attitude? towards cult films do you do you hunt for them do you um watch them on occasion there was definitely a period of my life where i really was it was like an not an obsession but it was something that i really actively sort of me and my friend jules were really just obsessed with sort of trying to put ourselves through it because i think we kind of enjoyed the sort of peyote like endurance sort of (laughs) like you push through to the other side you go through the vomiting stage and then you end up having this sort of like euphoric hallucinatory sort of element where you sort of become giddy on how bad the movie is and we definitely had (laughs) because we used to watch lots of mystery science theater 3000 as well which uh, was sort of you know which is always a great sort of gateway drug for that which comes with sort of some complimentary heckles for you. <laughs> you know? It's quite a bonding experience with friends as well. If you find a, a friend or a partner or anyone who enjoys watching these films as well, that's a real kind of moment where you go, right, this is going to be the person that I'm going to share all my weird uh, and wonderful films with. I think that's what's really nice about that is that they become, yeah, all culture is just about you sort of wanting to trade it with people anyway. We like being little meme transmitters, don't we? And uh, and I, and uh, and every, as soon as I see anything, my mind starts sort of, deciding who i'm going to show it to and yeah. who needs to see this <laughs> and who and, would want and, to see this and who as well. would want to see this who needs to see this who who who's going to have the hottest take on this have you ever seen trances no I oh god they're they're i love right okay trances is mad like sorry to go immediately off topic no like, no please <laughs> but trances are like is one of many mo- movies made by uh, a producer called charles band the puppet master films and all yes of that. Full Moon have got some incredible, incredible cult films. I love it though. Like, and and him as a producer just made some really fascinating sort of stuff. Or he was involved in those mad, really crazy shit. Like, okay. and gen- and some some movies that I think are legitimately incredible movies, like Robot Jocks, which I think is very underrated. <laughs> and uh, really, honestly, that's so great. And uh, but like, Trances Trances is an early early success of his. And I I will talk to anybody who will listen about how they need to <laughs> how they need to watch this movie because I just I love it so much. They have their own Amazon Prime channel. You can subscribe to the Full Moon channel. Yes. And that's where I saw a bunch of the Puppet Master films, the Demonic Toys films. Haven't got, yes. haven't yet got around to the Evil Bong franchise, but... Um... No, no, no. Well, this time. I mean, I've not read Proust, you know, so there's... <laughs> we have these things in our future, you know. <laughs> but like, yeah, I have a real, real soft spot for that. But I particularly like anything that's sort of driven by the ego of one nutter creator. Had you heard of Poltergeist? Had you seen it? I had not seen Poltergeist, no. 
Okay. I'd seen quite a few trauma movies before, but I hadn't seen uh, I hadn't seen Poltergeist. I'd slightly lost interest in watching a lot of trauma movies once they'd sort of moved away from the the enjoyable sort of VHS fuzz and into yeah. the the slapdashery of digital. <laughs> Yeah, so I should introduce the film in a bit more detail. So today we're talking about Poltergeist Night of the Chicken Dead. Zombified chickens attempt to kill the fast food workers that cook them in a restaurant built on an ancient burial ground. Directed by Lloyd Kaufman, written by Gabriel Friedman, Dan Bover and Lloyd Kaufman, released in... It says 2006, but there's quite a few different dates online. But around the 2006, 2007, 2008 period, went out to festivals and uh, was released in the in the way that Troma films are. Um, produced by Troma Films, for anyone who doesn't know, Troma are sort of the cult film producers, really. I mean, they've been around since 1974. Probably best known for the Toxic Avenger films. That was when I first became aware of them, seeing the original Toxic Avenger they kind of really pushed that as well, didn't they? They kind of really mm. thought, well, maybe this is this is our, our flagship property because there was a cartoon series of the Toxic the Toxic Avenger. Did you cartoon ever see? series? There was a West End and Broadway musical which I saw, which was really good fun. Nice. It was really good fun. Amazing, really. That you know, I mean, a lot of the humor is the unpc stuff is in the musical, and um, right. so you know, for it to have a, yeah. a mainstream platform is quite impressive, really. Yeah. And, you know, they made Terra Firma, which is completely nuts. Sergeant Kabuki Man, NYPD. My personal favourite. <laughs> which I watched for the first time You've seen uh, it last oh, week. Good. I un- unironically <laughs> adore that movie. It's, it's just... So Troma, it's famously, they're very cult films. They're very full of sex. New- I mean, every category in this podcast, we could spend an hour talking about each one for Poltergeist in particular, but they're full of gore and violence. They're full of mad stuff. They're full of nudity and sex. Very un-PC, very political, very silly, over the top, trashy in a good way. Like they are enjoyable films, but they're all complete chaos. Well, they all, they all kind of aim to be trashy in a good way, but like not all of them actually necessarily quite make it over that. Yeah, I think you do have to be a trauma fan. And I think I, yeah. I started with The Toxic Avenger, which is, you know, like a classic good example of what a trauma movie is. Like it's it's decent, it's it's funny, it's well shot, it's well made. And some, some films I've watched not realising they were trauma films, like trauma produced a bunch of films, Combat mm. Shock, and they had a hand in Cannibal the Musical with Trey Parker and Matt Stone. And, and Kaufman himself sort of, is it Ka- are you saying Kaufman or Kaufman? I'm never sure which, which is in right. In it? interviews, it's Kaufman. So I'm going to go with Kaufman. Let's go with Kaufman. Yeah. Uh, Kauf- I mean, Kaufman himself, like sort of before, even before trauma really existed, you know, he was a sort of jobbing freelance producer and sort of bummed around a fair bit and did some interesting stuff. He worked on Rocky. He did some stuff on Rocky. Yeah, uh, yeah, which he's, is, which is... he's you know he's had a, a very good career, and you know, fair play to him. Yeah, what an oeuvre! <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a legacy. What What are your initial thoughts on Poltergeist Night of the Chicken Dead? Oh man, there's there's there's, there's a lot to unpack, isn't there? It's, it yeah. really, there, there really really is. I mean, it, I mean, it comes out it comes out of the gate running. I'll give it that. <laughs> And one of the things I love about Troma is that yeah, is that they are like technically like motion pictures, but they are like constructed using the same logic as like Looney Tunes. Because mm-hmm. the movie starts with a sign, and they use their own name. They they use the word the word Troma in the Troma verse. They use that in the same way that the Warner Brothers would use Acme. Yeah, yeah, Troma kind of Bill thing. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so this was a sign saying that this was a um, a Troma Hawk burial ground, and desecrators will be cursed to the fullest extent of ancient tribal law. I mean, that, that is so great. <laughs> I love that. I wouldn't say it's my favourite trauma movie that I've seen. I, that's that. I will say that because I think uh-huh. it's um, given the amount of plot and premise it has to work with. Yeah, it's ambitiously long. 
at like at hour 40 or whatever it is. Yeah, hour 40. 43, yeah, yeah. Something like that. I think that's a hubristic length for a premise of this. <laughs> of this. <laughs> quite a lot of trauma films are quite long. Like some of them are approaching two hours. You get your, you get your money's worth in a trauma film. You really do, no. And um, I thought that structurally, it's funny because obviously the title is a riff on Poltergeist. Mm. Structurally, it's much more like uh, Evil Dead or Evil Dead Two, more specifically. Yeah, you know, yeah, in, insofar, yeah. insofar as that, it's you know, it's people stuck in a place, and there's a kind of supernatural zombifying thing, which is gradually sort of taking members of the ensemble over and making yeah. them become monstrous. For the most part, plods along in following a couple of similar beats. <laughs> The only thing I really questioned about this film is that I, I could have quite happily done without it being a musical as well. <laughs> well, like... yeah. Actually, uh, you know, this, the music is, you know, funny. It's unexpected. Yeah, it's, it's competent. <laughs> yeah, I could imagine it being a fringe musical and being absolute chaos. Yeah. I think it fits in with the, the spirit of it. No, it totally does. <laughs> and adds to the WTF moments, which we will come to, uh, of yeah. course. So we'll be breaking the film down into six categories. We've got sex and nudity, acting, gore and violence, WTF moments, writing, and special effects, and then our overall rating and favourite scenes at the end. So let's start with sex and nudity. As I said, we could spend an hour in each of these categories because there is a lot <laughs> I've, uh, I've I've got some I've got some hard data for you, Chris. Here, right off the right off the top, uh, because I, that's, a, I, that's I, a worrying I, phrase when we're talking about sex and nudity. <laughs> I've, got some, I've got some turgid data <laughs> right here for you. Okay, I'm I'm ready. I'm uh, ready. And this goes back to a thing that I used to do years ago when watching trauma movies, which is just make a mental note of the time at any given time there are some exposed tits. Okay, yeah. Uh, and so I did that. I just kept a log <laughs> of every time there were just some gratuitously exposed tits in this movie and then crunched the, the numbers afterwards and gave us an average. And according wow. to my calculations, you get tits uh, approximately every 11.8 minutes. <laughs> that's, that's a good, that's a fair, um, I'm surprised it's that uh, low, actually. It feels like yeah, it's about so, every yeah. 45 seconds, but... Well, I think Act One there's a very there's a high tit density in Act One, and then there's a sort of and then and then as the sort of the middle act kicks into gear, like it's sort of it's, there's there's, there's more movie, yeah, yeah, exactly. There's more movie to get on with. There's more explosive diarrhea, <laughs> and the tits sort of take a sort of sidestep at that point, but then it's sort of peppered throughout the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah, this is probably the prime example of you know all of these categories coming together in in a film. Like I think all trauma films have all of these categories more than any other film i think but this really goes for it in in all respects i mean it opens with guy our our hero i guess rb yeah, try humping in a graveyard there is zombie anal fingering and a creepy man wanking within the first three minutes of the film what i find really interesting about the about the guy who sort of who is is wanking watching them dry hump mm. is i mean i think like what's interesting is that he's wearing like a prosthetic dick um, yes, I certainly hope yeah, so. Yeah, well, yeah. Otherwise, there's something deeply wrong with him. This is a sort of a rare example of like of, of having actually having your own dick out would have been probably the more dignified option. I think. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I feel like. Yeah. I, I, in my head, I had this idea that maybe he was an artist and he wanted to work without a prosthetic, but the studio insisted in some way. <laughs> yeah. What's really funny is that uh, in my notes, immediately after that moment, I just wrote. It wasn't even a note. I just wrote. This is great. I just. Wrote, <laughs> I just wrote that in. Yeah. I mean the whole. The whole sex nudity. There's there's loads of it. Every you know everything gets covered. There's lesbian sex. There's group sex. There's, there's blood so ritual nudity, threesomes, bestiality. Someone has sex with a cash register. But then there's <laughs> RB has yeah, did, yeah, he did hump a cash register. Like there's there's, there's some interesting sort of. Um, do, do all the workers of, of of the chicken shop? Do they all do they all wear tutus or is it just Arby? Like <laughs> the boss says, you're the the cash register 
girl or whatever he says and then he's like oh girl um that, that's a bit of yeah. you know whatever i don't i don't want to be a cash register girl and he's like, oh it's just a term and he's like oh okay here put on your so i think it's just right game. okay no cool yeah you're gonna have to forgive me because there are a couple of i think there's a couple of brownout spots in my in my when like <laughs> where my, my attention just sort of went into a sort of odd i mean there's so much happening in every single scene <laughs> which is uh another thing that troma they just pack every single scene with so many gags so many visual gags audio gags so many extras i can't even imagine what it would be like trying to make a film of this scale i really admire the fact that these films actually get made and that you know with i mean it was made for i think it was half a yeah, million five hundred thousand dollars yeah 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 they managed to get so much made so many practical effects and it just must have been chaos this is what can I ask, like, just how, like, how many overtly not very good film, short films, or TV shows, or whatever, have you acted in or worked on, or have you done your fair share of that, yeah, that sort of thing? Yeah, student student films. Um, certainly nothing on the scale of this, and nothing that I've looked back on and gone, oh god, why did right, you know? I've I've been fairly lucky because I'm here to say I have I have been in a lot of shit. I have been I have been <laughs> in like a a real sort of catalogue of just. <laughs> meritless garbage and and one of the things about when you know you're you're in something which is a vacuum of artistic merit is is that it's very it's very debilitating isn't it it's very sort of um you get tired and you get sort of oh god this with with something like this i feel like a huge amount of like the budget or at least a decent chunk of the budget it would have to just be spent on morale <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you, you'd have to have beer and snacks and just yeah like, because you've got all these extras who are all there for free. they are there for free i did the research like they're all there um, and yeah, like i love sense. how some of them have decided to dress there's a couple that it like there's because they've got that mob which they, which they really get their money's worth out well their lack of money's yes. worth out of with that mob and yes. there's a couple in there who are dressed as as the couple from the painting american gothic at pro of nothing oh yeah <laughs> which i was really happy about that's a nice uh nice detail yeah. i mean you know lloyd is a is a cultured he man is. So. he really is I mean, he did Tromeo and Juliet, you know, well, so, yeah. you know, the man knows his, he knows uh, his stuff. Shakespeare you know, and his He knows culture. his classics. <laughs> to keep the ship afloat, like, you just, you've just got to keep throwing parties for, 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 the, for everybody. I watched a few kind of behind the scenes snippets and bits and interviews and things. And there's a good, um, there's a good Welcome to Tromaville documentary on Amazon Prime, oh, at the moment, which is like two hours and 20 minutes of just watching chaos of um, on set of various um, trauma films did you read that they um stayed in a church when they filmed this no. film like they the whole cast and crew stayed in a church with like sleeping bags That's on the insane. floor the whole film took place in a in a disused mcdonald's which apparently by the end of the shoot people were turning up just thinking it was a real burger <laughs> restaurant and just trying to order their lunch while there's all these like you know naked women running around i think they put a call out on the local radio just asking for who wants to be in this movie and they did, and they did the same with yeah. the guy who composed the soundtrack because he did it for free just because he heard somebody talking about it on the radio the music's pretty it's good not bad it's better than any musicals i've written you know <laughs> I, I i i haven't i haven't written a musical about about a possessed uh, sort of chicken fast food restaurant and so you know but i felt a bit bad i decided to do some research into him i thought okay well who is this guy and, and this is like his only this is it this is as far as i can make out this is his his only motion picture credit he peaked and was like i'm not gonna not gonna top that he walked off into the sunset <laughs> so they thought his work here was done <laughs> so yes sex and sex nudity and there is a lot yeah and i it is gratuitous in the sense that you know most of it doesn't need to be there there's you know most of it is 
quite offensive. Everyone gets naked, really. There's, you know, there's prosthetic cocks, there's lots of men's asses. there's boobs and bums and trashy underwear. And I think my favourite part of Pieces of Nudity goes hand in hand with my favourite practical, one of my favourite practical effects in the whole movie, which is where one of the customers grows sort of mutant egg tits. <laughs> yeah. And then they hatch. And I was like, that's as a sort of crossover. I think that was, uh, I think that's probably my favourite moment. That's a good moment. If you had to rate the sex and nudity out of five, usually I go with the idea that the ratings are kind of what they contribute to a film. I mean, I feel like a Troma movie without sex and nudity is like Laurel without Hardy. You know, it's it's <laughs> you know, it's Christmas without stockings. Like, I mean, so so like on on the scale relative to the you know the uh, the, <laughs> the the traditions of the of the of the, the relative to the house traditions, I'd say it's a solid yes. four. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I went for four as well. I was going to say I tossed back and forth between <laughs> three and four, but uh, that's maybe not. Yeah, we've agreed. Four out of five for sex and nudity. Let us move on to acting in Poultrygeist, which it's a tricky one because, as you said, a lot of the cast aren't actors or aren't you know experienced actors. Some of them have been in other trauma films. Some of them have done you know other bits and pieces, but no, no one is a big name in this film but i would say that everyone is 100 percent committed to their character well yeah that's exactly what i was gonna say yeah yeah no one is i don't think anyone's really phoning it in on on this like no. every, like everybody is is showing the fuck up for this movie <laughs> like, yeah. which is like i mean i think if you've you know if you've committed at this point you're gonna you're gonna kind of have to go all out aren't you and um they're very funny performances i i don't know if that's because you know the material was so ridiculous but you know everyone is is fun to watch in the film i would say yeah i mean kaufman's character is as the sort of the um the older version of rb i mean he's clearly having a very nice time being in his movie <laughs> i wonder if like he had decided that he wanted to play like the older version of rb and then they cast the guy who played rb to look like kaufman because he really does look like him yeah yeah yeah. it's an unusually excellent piece of casting at least <laughs> at least visually you know it's it's really very good I, I was really quite taken aback by how like weirdly good casting that was. He's had a, he's he's done a few things, hasn't he? He's the guy who played Arby. Yeah, Jason Yachinin. His character is you know hugely unlikable and irritating. Yeah, he's an incredibly uh, he's an incredibly unlikable character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he plays the part well. He's got a few musical numbers. Yeah, I mean, he's making a splash. Definitely, you know, he gets to be the he gets to be the lead <laughs> in a very high, an extremely high concept musical. <laughs> Yeah, I thought he was pretty good. The guy playing the general, Robin L. Watkins, he was good. He was a good, you know, stock character. I mean, all of these characters are stock characters, aren't they, really? I enjoyed I enjoyed Danny. I thought Danny was quite fun. And oh, I've j oh my God, I've just got it. Oh, my God. I'm so th I'm so thick. <laughs> They're all named after uh, fast yeah, food Yeah, De Wendy, Danny. Oh, my Yeah. <laughs> Mickey is McDonald's. Carl Jr. is is a American yeah, burger restaurant. Yeah, that's right. Oh my god! I, how did I how did I not clock that sooner? So these films, you know, there's so much detail. Yeah, you're right. It is it is a very rich text. You're quite right, Chris. Those, <laughs> that, I was pleased to see uh, Joe Joe Fleischer, who's who's a bit of who's a yes. bit of a, a bit of a stock player. He's the sort of the um, yeah the Dick Miller to um, <laughs> yeah. to <laughs> Kaufman's Joe Dante a little bit. He gets eaten by um, an escalator in terra firma. Yeah, I, I recall. A lot That's of fun. excellent work. It's really, really good. <laughs> um, he gets put through uh, a lot of shit, literally, in this yeah, film. Yeah, he gets, he gets... Well, we'll get onto it in a minute. When we, when we talk about special yeah. effects, we'll talk about that. But yeah, I, I've, got, <laughs> I've got something to say about how, how his, his ending. We'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> Just the extras as well. Like, There's so many extras. And half the fun of 
trauma films is just looking in the background of every scene and just seeing people reacting in the most extraordinary ways the costumes the fact that some people don't know where the camera is or what's really happening it's the movie making equivalent of a village fate anyone can just go like (laughs) like like, (laughs) like, i don't get the impression that like security is a particularly tight affair in terms of shooting these like they're they're not going to cordon off the street because they're just going to sort of do this for as long as they can get away with in a disused industrial section of the town (laughs) it's sort of like how they're going to make this work I would love just to be going out grocery shopping and spot a trauma movie being made oh, yeah, and just sort of join yeah. it as a part of the flash mob, <laughs> which is kind of what Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure they'd be grateful to anyone, really. I mean, they, it uses a lot of film students and people, you know, the crew are in the films and yeah, people just say, oh, well, so what do you want to do? Oh, can I script edit this? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. Come in. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah, it's the closest you'll get to like being like in a pirate, I think, in terms of just like how how you could just sort of fall into it. But I, I yeah, I thought the I thought it was really well cast. So overall, what would you rate acting in this film? I think it's a three. I have to say yeah. personally, I, my commitment. I mean, there's I can't I can't fault their commitment, but um, the, the, I mean, a lot of the acting also made me profoundly like physically uncomfortable. <laughs> so I I feel I feel like I felt like it would be disingenuous of me to give it more than a three. Yeah, I went three point five. So our scores okay. are pretty pretty okay. uh, so neck and neck so far. Yeah, I went three point five just for that extra bit of uh, you know effort and patience that must have gone into being in this film in the first place let alone yeah. being watchable and fun and then we move on to gore and violence okay again fucking hell i mean what an embarrassment of riches this movie is on that front <laughs> i mean i think i i sort of i i got the measure of the movie fairly early doors when the guy who had who had wanked over them in the in the um graveyard had the pair of knickers that he was sniffing yeah pulled through his face via an arm that had gone up through his own ass, uh, which had come out of the ground. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Top draw are ground arms, by the way. Really nice, really good, yeah. like protruding ground arms. Very impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The zombie finger up the ass was uh, the entry point, so to speak. Uh, and then seeing that man have his kind of self turned inside out and his guts pulled out of his ass by a zombie hand, I was like, okay, yeah. this is going to be a good slash mad film i really liked how some of the sort of zombies outside looked like they'd been sort of they'd been gone to the makeup truck and they'd had sort of their beaks and feathers applied yeah but some of them also looked like they just happened to have some sort of scary <laughs> bird masks at yeah. home and the and the producers were just like cool yeah great bring those definitely bring those we, we welcome a range of looks for the effects in this movie <laughs> is quite beautifully inconsistent in terms of like the types of creatures that we face because like the temptation yes. would be to make like five or six like hero mutant monster chicken suits and have the kind of the, the threat coalesce into a discernible singular type of foe but no no i feel like we, we we're quite we're kept we're kept on our toes in terms of the types of mutations that we can encounter <laughs> and, but also it's like the film's called poultry geist but they're zombies yeah they are zombies. there's no sort of possession elements to this film yeah i was a little bit sad we were sort of promised that a little bit by virtue of the fact that we've got the priest character so if you've got somebody saying the power of christ compels you then you feel like you are owed an oscillating head of some kind yeah yeah, (laughs) rotating or not oscillating we do make up for that with the sheer amount of fake blood in this film it is crazy you know every possible way of dying i think is in this film guy gets thrown into a meat grinder guy gets a broom shoved up his ass and out through his cock 
someone's testicles get deep fried and eaten, a woman's breast implants are pulled out by zombie chickens. I mean, that's three or four out of, I don't know, a hundred gory moments in this film. And It is astonishingly violent. (laughs) I mean, one of the things that I found quite interesting about how... I'm kind of more interested about how the, how the characters relate to the violence because, like, fairly early on, after the death of of, of Paco Bell, the entire kitchen remains caked in blood for the duration of the uh, like, yes. even even though they had, they they sort of attempt to maintain regular operation of the of the restaurant after that. It's so stupid. <laughs> the the rules of the trauma of the sort of the trauma verse, like it makes it makes bottom seem feasible in terms of just like in terms of like the level of social normality that you that we that we will tolerate. <laughs> um, it's so gory. You mentioned Evil Dead too. I mean it's up there in terms of like comic, over the top, ridiculous violence and a lot of the you know the gore effects wouldn't look out of place in in a film like that i think no there's there's definitely some good there's good there's some good like sort of severed flailing sort of stumps <laughs> i think that's that that's always what you always want some flailing stumps i think is is, yes. is 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 what we want i really liked when the sort of when the hen creatures like butchered the man who was like no my football he said my soccer leg when his leg's <laughs> yeah. been taken away yeah i wonder how much of that is scripted and how much of it is uh is improvised but um yeah i think there's quite a lot of improv in this movie i, I mean i'm fairly sure like it was largely improvised at the writing level it, 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 but well actually no, that's the funny thing because apparently according to a thing i read like it, it took I mean, we'll get on to writing in a second but it did take several years to get this script finished so. yeah yeah <laughs> they just got to get it just right but yeah no the uh i mean i think the the gore and violence really uh you know makes this film what it is if it was half as over the top as it is it wouldn't yeah. be an enjoyable movie at all but no not at all everything is at the extreme everything is far too much <laughs> unbelievable and just when you're getting over one thing another 10 things Something are else happens, chopped yeah. off or and it's very funny at no point did i feel genuinely concerned for anyone in this film <laughs> it's the equivalent of just making some figures out of play-doh and going nah! And then just and then just smashing them with your fist in terms of what your emotional <laughs> attachment is to them as people, which is which is part of the the deftness of the writing and acting in that way. <laughs> it's about sort of keeping. It's very Brechtian in that way. It keeps it keeps this. Yeah, again, it it, it maintains a distance between you and it, itself and the audience, and it, and it makes no attempt to sort of convince you that that this is these are real events being portrayed. These are, it, it is just concerned with telling you the story in this sort of <laughs> Yeah, I think that's I think that's another reason they that trauma get away with some of the stuff that they do, some of the jokes, some of the nudity, some of the, you know, the gore and the violence. Like every, it's so cartoony and it's so outrageous and so ridiculously offensive that you it almost becomes just noise and stuff happening. Yeah. And you just kind of have to strap in and accept it for what it is. Yeah, I get. I gave Gore and, and Violence five out of five full full marks for me. I'm gonna give it a four point five only because I wanted a longer take on like some kind of room. I wanted to see like a, a fight and for a character to lose like a couple of limbs on a single sort of take during <laughs> during. I wanted something akin to like the Black Knight fight in Holy Grail. <laughs> one, uh, uh, like, so I'm gonna give it a four point five, but it, it was a four. But I bumped the five. I gave it. I bumped it up by a point because I just loved the woman's face. Be- was it woman's face being removed and then eaten, or was it just woman eating the face? I'm not sure. 
the older lady chicken woman peels it, off yeah. uh, or slices off some woman's face and then says, oh, I, I just love the, the, like skin. the skin. Yeah, that, <laughs> I, I, I bumped it up at half a point because I, 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 just because face removal is such a visceral nightmare. <laughs> well, just when you think you've seen everything in this film as well, they, I mean, that scene in particular is just so gory and so insanely over the top. In my head, it's a bit like, I imagine almost like a kind of school drama exercise and I imagine they were encouraged to break into groups for, for two hours to see what they could come <laughs> yeah. up with. <laughs> and then they were, <laughs> and then they'd go away, have lunch, and then come back and show everybody. Yeah. Just a few people got together and say, "Look, look what we managed to do! Look, look, look at this! Look at this! Look at this!" And then just uh, that's pretty good. Print it. <laughs> Nothing is out of bounds in this film. Yeah. Um, again, we're pretty, pretty, pretty in agreement there, more, more or less. Okay. And then, I mean, again, this this category covers the entire film, but WTF moments. <laughs> where, where, where to start? I mean, there was a lot of. Like just my my sort of very twenty twenty very conscientious nearly thirty seven year old self was very taken aback by by various things that were said in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's worth saying that this is not a film for everyone, and even the people that do enjoy this film, I like, I struggled with it. Lots yeah, of man, stuff. there is some there is some fucking hell. <laughs> But that, but sort 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 of by the end, you sort of think, oh, sort of everyone, you know, like everyone has been offended in this film, racially, sexually, violently, religiously, politically, every possible angle of offense is chucked at this film, and it's sort of, and like it is, there's no doubt about it, it is offensive, but you, you know, sort of taking it for what it is, you can kind of make sense, but it, yes, yeah, there's so many moments where. I just went no, no. There's no justifying that for WTF moments. I think I think the extent to which we are treated to uh, Joe Fleischer's explosive diarrhea episode in in the toilet, like the extent, <laughs> how heavily the movie commits to that. Even when he's not on screen, we hear it. <laughs> the first time I saw that without any context, I was in pain from laughing so much. Like I love, I go to the theatre a lot. I'm a very classy, uh, cultured man. I love high arts and experimental theatre. But fuck me, was this one of the funniest things? This so just, I mean, it's the amount of fart noises followed by his performance, followed by just projectile <laughs> shitting and the cuts between about, there's about 20 different cuts of just shit hitting the wall. <laughs> yeah, it, it makes sure that you get everything, doesn't it? Like it, it's, it's it's like sports coverage almost in that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. It, it's really <laughs> making sure that you can see. Yeah, you can see everything. You know, like corner pocket. I find it oddly affecting, actually, as a scene. I have to say, because um, have you ever worked like a, a service job? Have you worked in like cafes or bars, particularly? Yes, worked in them. Worked in a bar. Yeah, I found this quite upsetting because, like, because <laughs> I had a full on like flashback which i like, a memory that i had suppressed <laughs> like came back to me like watching this scene like uh because my first job out of school in fact like, when i was 18 uh was was working in a coffee republic mm-hmm. uh in my, nice. in my home in my hometown of eastbourne and for what should have just been a, a fairly normal job like in a in, in a cafe there were like a very high amount of fecal incidents in that cafe <laughs> Like one was this 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 lady who just came in one day and uh, and like got her cup of tea and she was this sort of wizened homunculus of a lady and then as she walked she she pooed as she walked like she laid oh she, she she laid like a, a cable through <laughs> the restaurant or the cafe rather not really realizing <laughs> what she was doing and then just sat down and had a fag it was mad um, wow but the incident that this reminded me of was I I was just working the the afternoon shift. 
and this guy came up to me and says, "Excuse me, I think there's um, I think there might have been a bit of a problem in your loo." And so uh, I went, I went into the loo, and it was not dissimilar to this scene. Like honestly, <laughs> it was on the walls. Oh it was, it was, it was crazy. <laughs> and and then sort of the the alpha culprit was just this thing, like leaning on. It, it was halfway out of the bowl. It was like this extra, <laughs> this extra from Dune was just like was was just like oh oh boy. So as a WTF moment, I found I found the the scene with Joe. Uh, or Jared, as yes. his character is, yes. I found I, I found that sort of quite affecting because <laughs> um, it gave me. Wow, I didn't think we'd go that deep into uh, you know emotion, emotional turmoil in a trauma film. I but... can access these things, Chris. I'm, an, I'm, a, I'm a I'm a trained performer. I know I have I have access to my emotional centers. <laughs> yeah, that that was on my list. I the the guy fucking a chicken. I mean, oh god, that was a moment I wasn't. And then he had the dignity to use a condom. Was an extra detail that I wasn't expecting (laughs) then the chicken turning into a zombie chicken and munching through his groin and spurting blood everywhere and yeah i I lost it at that that scene uh the fact it's a musical was a wtf moment for me yeah i wasn't expecting that at all yeah Mm. it sort of adds a a level of calm almost to the everything else going on the fact that oh okay we've got a song now at least at least there's a, a constant there I, this is going to sound weird, but a, a WTF moment for me was just how tasteful I thought the credits font was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like tasteful uh, or well, enjoyable? No, no, or... No, 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 I mean, like, I mean, like the closing credits, the closing credits, oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like no, not yeah. the opening, not the opening titles, which are just like madness. But like, but, yeah. no, but I mean, just like just the font at the end of like century gothic, nice, clean, classic. Yes. Yeah, it's the 2001 font. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just to bring just to bring us back down to you know to ease us back into uh, yeah. uh, the world after finishing the film. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. It was like we'd seen an episode of Masterpiece Theater or something. It was <laughs> it was it was great. I, me- I mentioned the the what you've already said the guy growing the boobs with the the eggs that hatch demonic chickens. That, I mean that is ob- objectively great. That is that's really really nice. I mean I I could I could I, I'm really I'm very into that. The um just the zombie massacre blood orgy scene for me that was that that was what the whole film was building to that was that was the promised sort of apex of madness that was yes. that we, yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. what we wanted we wanted to see the the, the floodgates you know, we wanted to see the levee break and for them all to get in <laughs> and then for the absolute carnage to ensue that's 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 kind of what i was waiting for the whole time one of the things i really liked about that scene was that because of how it was sort of edited together like we had about several minutes of like the rampage of these creatures and people mm-hmm. being chopped up, but then we cut to a couple who were sort of still sat at their table, albeit screaming. But like <laughs> they hadn't, they as characters had decided not to flee the scene immediately. <laughs> yeah. They'd continued to eat, thinking, "Well, maybe this will calm down in a minute." Thinking, <laughs> yeah. "Maybe, maybe the manager will do something about this in a second. <laughs> They're like, "This is this is my chicken place. I'm not going anywhere." <laughs> I uh I again I, I went the full five just because my mouth was agape for most of the hour and forty three minutes. I just blew my mind. I think I'd have to agree with you on a on a five because I can't I I spent the whole film in a state of sort of like semi numb disbelief. <laughs> so I so I think that for that alone it deserves a five. I feel like the movie really gained a second win for me, like when the colonel or the general, whatever he is. Yeah is fighting the green zombie chicken uh, he's, but, yes. but it's set to in the hall of the mountain king which i will always i will always <laughs> i have a weakness for that piece of music anyway and it just yeah. it just and if you can do any set piece set to it that it immediately like just it makes a, a movie pop <laughs> yeah okay and then we move on to uh the writing which 
you know, covers all things, the the music, the plot, the, the structure of the film, yeah. text, dialogue. What, what do you think? Um, see, no, it's, it's I think, I feel, made, a, I've, made a demonic chicken noise there. But <laughs> I, I, started, feel, started. I have, I have those. Yeah, I have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I feel like we may, we may differ here a little bit because the thing is, mm. I one of, one of the things I, I semi require from my bad movies to, to be dancing on that knife blade of like of almost earnestly masquerading as a good movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or at least the writing internally takes itself a kind of a, a degree of seriously. And that's kind of what's fun about it is the po-facedness of that. And that's something that I think, like, for example, Sergeant Kabuki Man, I think gets that a little bit more right, uh, even though yeah. it's completely, completely mad. I feel like the earnest balance in that works a little bit better. Whereas with this, like, I was missing the the, the one character who is sort of the, the internal grounding of this movie. I needed the one character who knew about, like, the ancient the ancient burial ground problems or something like you, you in fact in fact if you're riffing yeah. on poultry guy or on poltergeist like you want you almost want somebody who is who is a joke version of the small medium woman with the with mm. the strange voice in poltergeist <laughs> the small medium yeah <laughs> <laughs> but with the voice like this oh God, uh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you kind of you kind of i'm kind of i'm almost surprised that they it, to me that's an open goal as a character to write yeah or like some kind of demonologist or historical towns folk or something yeah 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 yeah. i get that it's a weird complaint but like i i (laughs) i i I, like i i felt like i I needed i needed someone to to do that bullshit sort of internal explaining for me because that in of itself is funny making someone do that is funny it feels unfair of me to let to level these kinds of criticisms at a trauma movie but it's only Mm. because i've seen trauma movies where they where they sort of get that pastiche of traditional sort of movie making form a little bit they manage it in a leaner way this didn't feel as lean as i would like it to be yeah no i can see that i think this is just an onslaught of mad mad stuff happening and um plot and detail is not really (laughs) something that uh, is high on the agenda here i guess of course even though like there is all that there's still some political satire in there about the you know the dangers of um the fast food industry and lloyd kaufman is a vegetarian i found out so you know this yeah. is sort of his political point as well and uh, politics does run through a lot of the other trauma films as well but i thought that the songs were very well written i thought the songs were good yeah i, li- I like the writing on the songs uh i mean I-, I found the lyrics a bit torture but i actually liked the the writing the- like the actual execution of the songs yeah i read that uh, kaufman wanted to, to make this or he he claims that the impetus for making this was that a, a mcdonald's set up shop next door to troma like yes. headquarters yes uh, and, he, and, and he and he just sort of took against it he, and he's like whoa yeah. <laughs> and so that was kind of the uh, just you wait just you wait i'm gonna have, I'm gonna have at you <laughs> that was his his impetus for trying to stick it to fast food because <laughs> obviously it's 2006 you know we're still in the bush administration at this point mm. and uh, and he he went to yale with bush did you know that I did not know that. Wow. Kauf- Kaufman was at Yale at the same time as both Bush and Oliver Stone. Oh, wow. <laughs> Weird- okay. Weirdly. Wow. They were like Kaufman's contemporaries, <laughs> which is so crazy. There's a dinner party. Yeah, imagine. I mean, overall, I thought it was really, really funny. I mean, I think all uh, trauma films are really funny, but particularly in this one, there's just a joke every 30 seconds or a minute, whether it's a visual gag or a in a song or yeah just just the writing as well that every character has something comedic about them yeah i just think it's uh it's a very funny film what did you what did you give as an overall score I, i'm gonna i'm gonna have to give it a three for writing i'm afraid okay 
I've gone slightly more generous. I've gone four, but somewhere between 3.5 and four. I think I'm just being an old fart. I'm, t- I'm totally turning into my dad. <laughs> my dad's constant criticism of, of everybody, of all television, is that everyone just talks too quickly and everything's <laughs> happening too quickly. And I'm just... Slow like, down. Just make yeah. your point. <laughs> okay. And then we move on to perhaps your favourite uh, topic by the sounds of it. Um, special effects in Poltergeist. This is where this movie eats, as far as I'm concerned, because mm-hmm. like, because that's that's what I want to see. I want to see like sort of these absolutely bananas practical effects, <laughs> of which they have at best one go at. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. I was very happy with the talking sandwich. I was very happy with yes. that. I, yes. I was made me really happy. Big, big young <laughs> ones energy. Really happy with that. Yeah. I am very easily defeated by stuff talking that shouldn't talk. <laughs> I loved Jared's head collapsing, his sort of final death <laughs> during the, the explosive diarrhea. I love two things about that. A, I love that it's a rubber head of Joe Fleischer and they had it on top of the body prop and they just clearly just yeah. like turned on a, a vacuum cleaner and just made it go <laughs> like that and shrivel back into the neck. But I also love that that's probably not their only Joel Fleisch- Joe Fleischer head that they have. They probably had a Joe... That- <laughs> yeah, sheds full of them, yeah. They've they've probably got like a beach ball collection of like his of of, of inflatable Joe Fleischer heads. That whole scene is just there's so much so much going on. It's so well done with the uh, and then when the uh, the the skinny man with inside him leaves his body and runs out covered yeah. in shit and goes I'm skinny and then just yeah like we don't see any more of that's yeah, just yeah. that's a that's a. <laughs> That's a great gag. Yeah, I could have happily watched a movie about the the weird newborn blood covered yeah. sort of great. It's great to be alive, creature. <laughs> yeah. Like, but yeah, the special effects. I uh, you know, I I had huge fun with like all of the eggs and all the just. Yeah, mm. I mean that's that was that that was the fun stuff. I really liked. Um, I really liked it during one of the musical numbers when we cut back to the graveyard and all of the like all of the arms are sticking out of the ground <laughs> yeah. holding lighters yeah, really and, nice. and and creepy creepy wanker guy is back and he's alive. <laughs> yeah. um, I absolutely loved the special effects since I thought they really impressive for the budget. Um, there's so many prosthetics and so many limbs being hacked off and heads being taken off, which is you know really effective and. Loads of practical gunfire in the film, explosions, and all of the puppetry is really good. Like the the chicken puppets and stuff are really good. The meat grinder scene was really effective. <laughs> Someone's just head oh, is just sliced sliced off in a meat grinder. So intense. So much of it. <laughs> so much happening. Especially taking the resources available, and given that I, I'm fairly certain that like two thirds of the five hundred thousand dollar budget went on hot, on providing beer for the crew, <laughs> um, I, I'm I'm giving the effects a five. Yep, I've gone five as well. Yeah, I think this is the first film of the podcast so far. Maybe maybe the second, but um, it's the first one that's consistently been you know very high scores for every category, <laughs> uh, and that's that's saying saying something. Yeah, it's quite something. It's certainly something. No one can say it's not a movie. It's definitely <laughs> this is this. This happened. <laughs> I'm I'm very interested to see what your overall final score is. How have you uh you know, how have you how have you figured out your final score? It, it, it's a four. It's gotta be a four, I think. It's 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 not a stone cold classic, but it's <laughs> definitely it's definitely it, it needs to be beheld. It's like it's it's yes. it's, 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 like, it's like the Grand Canyon. Everyone's gonna see it once. <laughs> yeah, I went four point five out of five. Nice. Very very funny. Very gory. It's got everything I want in a film. In a cult film, certainly. So yeah, four point five for me. 
Um, do you have a favourite scene? It's a toss-up between the, the colonel and the chicken in the Hall of the Mountain King, or... <laughs> I really liked Denny's speech when everybody like everybody sits down on the floor for story time. I really like that the movie just decided, now nah, we're doing this. We're, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do a slow track in while he tells us a terrible like you know Robert Duvall in Jaws story about something that happened. <laughs> it's just like yeah, that's sort of their only attempt to create backstory, really, isn't it? But I liked it. I I, I admire these little sort of these little pearls of of weirdness <laughs> that the actors sort of get given, and 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 so yeah, I, I think. Um, is a toss-up between those two, I'd say. I've just gone for Jared's toilet explosion. I mean, there's nothing nothing quite like it. <laughs> Floored me, that scene. And yeah, just that, that whole section of all of the chicken zombies going absolutely crazy and uh, chopping people up and ripping their faces off and putting testicles in deep fat fryers and that whole 10 minutes of carnage. Do you have a favourite character? It's probably got to be Kaufman himself, really, to be honest. Yeah, just, uh, like, I think he's quite good, and I like the fact that he sort of commits to it. And I also really like the fact that he's the fact that he's Arby from the future is in no way gotten into. <laughs> it makes no sense. <laughs> is he real? Is he actually there? Is he just a vision? <laughs> it's just. It... There's a lot of time travel issues here, but well, maybe he's yeah he's partially phasing into our reality. Perhaps I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of a lot of questions unanswered. I, I will say that I can't really give it to Arby himself because I find Arby just as a character just very hard to watch. Oh, he's just yeah, awful, <laughs> awful human being. <laughs> uh, I've gone for the general. I just love his brazen American KFC mascot ripoff character. It's just um, yeah, uh, and I thought the, the actor did a really good, good job in that character. I mean, he's he's a very unpleasant character as well as mo- a lot of the characters are in this film, but. <laughs> it was uh, a lot of fun a lot of fun to watch okay now we come on to the uh, crucial part of the podcast are you excited to have a quiz uh, angus are you um are you are you a quizzer i i'm i'm a very bad quizzer i i do I, I, like I can <laughs> i can quiz but i'm very bad and also annoyingly like we've definitely covered a, 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 like a couple of the things that definitely would have been answers to questions that i had well, for the quiz. that's that's fine you know one of us or both of us will uh maybe get a helping hand we'll, we shall see do you want to ask first or answer first? I'll uh, I'll ask I'll ask first. Question one: Who does Hummus exclaim when the mutant chicken walks in at the end? Yes, uh, when they're in the storeroom. Who does Hummus think that or say that she thinks the mutant chicken is? Ooh, that is a good slash annoyingly tricky question. Hmm. Or who does she just? Who does she at least just bring up at that moment for no adequately explored reason? Uh, I I'm gonna have to pass. I don't know. Okay, I may have misheard this, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> she says. I'm pretty sure she says it's Ariel Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will. Um, I'll I'll take your word on that one and trust that that is what actually happens <laughs> in the film. <laughs> okay, question two: Can you name me one of the other? Troma movies that are that are posters in the bedroom during the bedroom song. I can. Tromeo and Juliet. Correct. Very good. Yes. <laughs> One point. Nice, nice, nice. What was the name of the actor who, a very famous actor, well, or, or a type of actor anyway, who rushed in to warn everybody uh, about what was happening outside and uh, and then proceeded to make an order? It was Ron Jeremy. It was indeed Ron Jeremy, the, the archetypical mustachioed porn star. <laughs> Question four. From what previous uh, Troma movie does this movie take its final shot it's re- it's reuse in trauma movies is a recurring gag of their of their of their back catalog oh yeah, yeah yeah the um the the car flip yes it was 
Oh, which one was it first used in? I'm going to say Terra Firma. Nope, that's, it's the first use in Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD. My personal yeah, favourite, and if you ever want to do it on this podcast, I will be there. <laughs> I think maybe Terra Firma was the first time I saw that. Right. But, um, I didn't know that was the first one. All right, so I've got two points so far, I think. Yep, and, and your f- fifth and final question. Uh, at the end, when Arby is talking to, uh, when he's sort of pre- declaring his, his sort of final love to Wendy, and he refers to the kind of man he was before, he calls himself a shit-covered what? <laughs> oh i d- no, you've got me i don't know it's the uh deeply problematic shit covered <laughs> is what he uh is what he went for right so question one what tattoo does arby have on his ass go yankees correct yes question two how many people are on camera during the orgy musical number during the orgy musical number that's i think okay so there's arby and wendy and then I'm going to guess. Okay, let me just think. Is it eight? Oh, close. It was ten. Damn it. Okay, never mind. Yes, there's uh, seven girls and uh, the three three of them on the bed. Oh, yeah, crap. Because there's, yeah, it's, well, there's three of them on the bed. Yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Damn it. Never mind. Question three. What does the general call the popping boils on the chicken? Flavor pods? He does. He does. Good job. Okay, so two points so far. Question four. Name four ways people are killed in Poultrygeist. Oh, well, um, they are um, systematically dismembered. Mm-hmm. They have uh, their entire internal internal system pulled out through their arse. <laughs> yes. They uh, literally shit themselves to death. Yes. Uh, uh, although in, in, technically not a death because he is reborn, but I don't know if you'll accept that one. But yeah, yeah I, I would say that's a death of, of of a kind. Yes. And they and they are they are shot. They are just straight up shot with a, an automatic rifle. Yeah, I will accept all of those uh, other answers you could have had: eaten alive, turned into zombie chickens, uh, put in a meat grinder, blown up, chopped into pieces, guts explode, head ripped off. You know, there's a lot of a lot of ways to go, but correct nonetheless. Number five. What is the name of the guy who dies on the toilet after eating the chicken egg? That is G.A. Arad. It is. Therefore, Played by Joe Flushiker. Yes. No bonus points. <laughs> Therefore, you win the quiz. Congratulations. Oh, my God. Good. <laughs> good. Good watching. Oh, thank you, sir. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> wow. I mean, what a journey we've been on. What I mean, a, yeah. What a time. I feel it. I what mean, a time no, to be like, alive. Watching we should, these we should get... We should get joint back tattoos or something. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me to talk Mate, about pleasure. Poultrygeist. Do you have anything to plug or can people find out about stuff that you're uh, going to be up to in the future? Okay, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, obviously, like most performers at this particular time, we are recording this in the summer of 2020. So it's a weird time if you are somebody who routinely makes their living or in any way, shape or form from just being in front of real people. So I, if you want to keep up with the things that I am doing, uh, you can go to angusdunnican.com, uh, which I'm just, my website is relaunching soon. So that will be, um, cool. you'll have lots of information there. I uh, have a regular Dungeons and Dragons podcast, which I sort of co-produce and do the music and sort of sound effects for and things as well as performing on it. That's called Chaotic Adequate. And if you follow me on Twitter, which is uh, at Angus Dunnican, you'll be able to sort of 
keep abreast of uh, various projects I'm doing, including doing a not in any way officially licensed, not for profit uh, audiobook of Dune because I've got a lot of spare time on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah. Oh, that sounds great. And any film recommendations? If you liked this film, I think uh, you probably get a kick out of reanimate maybe the Reanimator movies, perhaps, because which I'm a mm-hmm. which I'm a which I'm yeah. a fan of. I enjoy Reanimator a fair a fair bit. I think just watch like something like some other trauma. Watch like Freako goes nutsoid or the class of Newcomb High, or yeah. <laughs> you know, just like I think just if you like this movie, then then trauma is for you and get your get your trauma on hard. Oh yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot out there. I'm still trudging my way through the the entire <laughs> collection. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man, and for um, watching Poltergeist. Hey, pleasure. Thank you so much, Cheers, dude. See you soon, man. Bye. Take care. Okay, that was episode six of the Big Fat Cult Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and SoundCloud if you want to keep up with all the latest episodes. And you can follow us on Twitter at Big Fat Cult and at Chris underscore Mayo. And don't forget to check out the first five episodes if you haven't done already. In the next episode, I am really excited to welcome back the brilliant Carrie Thompson. She was in episode one talking about Demon Wind and she is coming back to talk about her chosen film, cult horror classic, Burnt Offerings. That's all from me for now. Thank you so much for listening to the Big Fat Cult movie podcast. Keep watching weird and wonderful films and I will see you in another episode very soon. Goodbye. (laughs) 